the somberness of the service so far. And I heard my mom over there crackling as she was talking too. And uh, I'm just so happy to be here. I've been looking forward to this day for a little while now. Many of you know because you guys were praying for me. I had a stroke at the beginning of the year and uh, I had a long journey back. Uh, one of the things you guys fussed at me about is you, said, you didn't put anything on social media, which I'm not a big social media guy. And so I didn't put anything out, but I actually had to learn how to walk again and to talk again. And so I had to go through speech therapy as well as physical therapy uh, and totally just rebuild my life again. And so it was um, the prayers of you guys that helped me get through. One of the days I can remember very vividly is uh, I was sitting on the couch and um, just still tense in the face and still a little tenseness on one side. I froze on one side of my body. And uh, some of you came by my house and you gave me a big card with, that all of you guys signed just saying I love you and that we're praying for you. I want you to know that meant a lot to me. And I just, uh, I want to just say thank you. I couldn't wait to get here to let you see me, man. I'm back. I'm, I want to do back back moving around again getting old though gotta use glasses for everything now that ain't had nothing to do with the stroke that's just becoming old right that's just getting old it is so good to see you guys though man gosh i couldn't wait to get here uh thank god for my mom as my brother said and also thank god for my brother he i just actually got off the road i went to la weekend before last came home repacked went to iowa came back home and my brother said you coming up here too so so I'm up here with you guys as well and I'm so I'm very happy to be here man again just thank you so much for your prayers you guys don't know how much that meant to me I can't say that enough let's get into the word now turn to first Samuel chapter 30 it's going to take me a little while to get there I want to set up what we're going to talk about today um, back home in Detroit I've been doing a series on purity uh, the Lord gave me this as a subject matter back in uh, March, a little bit before COVID hit. And uh, so I've been walking through the scriptures with the family, just showing them all of the benefits of being pure. And so, of course, you guys know there's so many benefits to being pure that since March all the way to now, I still have six more things that I want to talk to the church about, uh, helping them understand the importance of being pure. Now, the first thing, we got to just put this out here because it's important too. The very first reason all of us should get up every day and look to be pure is because the Bible says that Jesus is coming back for us one day. And when he comes back for us, he's looking for a church without a spot, right, or a wrinkle. And he said, I'm coming back just like a thief. He said, when I come back, you're not going to know the minute, the hour, the day that I'm coming back. So this is what he suggests. You be ready. I love what the Bible says about it, and Jesus said it. He said, if the man of the house knew that a burglar was coming, right, he said he would stay up all night and be prepared for him. He said, just like you would prepare for a thief, I want you to be prepared when I come. Amen? So we, that's the main reason. But the second reason, which was hard to find, because I actually wanted to walk through the scriptures to find, what is the second most important reason why we should be pure before the Lord every day? And what I came up with is the, the, the next thing right after salvation is that, forgive me, sometimes my jaw creaks a little bit. I'll have to stop. But the second reason we all should be pure before the Lord is because all of us have questions that only God has the answers to. Can y'all say amen better than that? One of the things we all had in common this morning is when we walk through those doors, we all have things in our mind concerning the future. We don't know what COVID will make us look like this time next year. 
Uh, as my sister said, some of us are, are experiencing job loss or you, you're sensing that you may have to leave your job. There are so many uncertainties uh, that are ahead of us as people of God. But one of the things we know is that God loves us and that he has us. And even though things change, his love for us will never change. Ain't that beautiful? His love will never change for us. So one of the reasons that we want to be pure before God is because it develops in us a purity that causes us to be able to be patient, and it gives us the ability to find answers in this life. And what I put in my notes is that what we want to find is just not an answer, but what we want to find is the true answer. The reason I said the true answer is because of what Proverbs 14 and 12 says. It says that there's a way that seems right. And one thing we all have in common is all of us have went the way that seemed right before, right? We were sure that it was God only to get to the end of the rainbow and we ain't find no pot of gold, right? We got to the end and we found out, man, I should have took a left instead of that right. And the thing that we love about God is that he'll help us get back to where we need to be. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Psalms 119 and 105 says, thy word is a lamp unto my path. One of the things I love about this expression in, in Psalms 119 is that the thing about a lamp is that a lamp is only as good as the oil that we put in it. Scripturally, if you look at oil, it stands for purity in the scriptures. And so purity is important to help us make sure that the lamp works properly. Somebody should say man right there. Think about it this way. If I gave you a brand new flashlight and I didn't give you no batteries, you're still in the dark. It is the batteries that fuse the flashlight. Well, batteries are represented as purity. Y'all with me? Oil, purity. Batteries to a flashlight, purity. It's the thing that makes it work properly. So seeing in the dark is what we all are going to have to do over the next few months, the next few years, as we talk about COVID and all these things. But the thing that we know about God is that if we're pure, we will be able to see and we won't have obstructive views of this life as we move forward in it, but we will have a clear path of what to do and what not to do. Somebody say amen. Over in 1 Samuel chapter 30, I want, to be, I want to jump in right in the middle of it because you know this uh, passage pretty well, I'm sure. But I want to give you some great points on how to let purity help you work through uncertain times. Amen? 1 Samuel chapter 30, going to begin reading at verse 3. It says, when David and his men came to Ziglag, they found it destroyed with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. Uh, 4 says, so David and his men wept out loud until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinua of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. 6 says, David was greatly distressed because his men talked about stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord. Everybody say amen. amen. Verse 7 says, uh, David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought it to him. And verse 8 says, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? He says, pursue them, he answered. You will certainly, everybody say certainly, certainly. Overtake them and succeed in the rescue. One of the things that I love about this particular passage of scripture was one that I learned as a very small boy is that it helped me uh, develop a pattern that I'm going to share with you today. I'm going to give you a lot of notes, so I hope you guys are note takers. Y'all note takers? I see some pens waving. Hallelujah. We got some pens waving. First thing I want you to write down is this. Purity helps you see the whole picture. This is why purity is so important. Purity helps us see the whole picture. Most of the time when we're in uncertain times, we usually focus on one aspect of the uncertainty, which confuses us as we move about. The thing that I love about this particular passage of scripture is that David here is standing in the midst of all of this chaos, right? 
But the Bible says that in the midst of all this chaos, his men begin to look at David, who they was just palling with a couple of days ago, as, as, as someone that they wanted to kill now. And the thing about this that is amazing to me is, why do you want to kill David? He's, he's suffering loss too. I can see if David's family was up in a cave safely, you know, under the security of security guards or something, and they got their wives taken away. But David got his wife taken away too. And the thing about uncertainty is this, and we all have to be careful of this, is that you don't want to be blaming the wrong people for the thing that you're going through. And all of us have experienced that. You go to work, you have a bad day. It's important that you leave that bad day at work and not bring that home to the family. Everybody say amen. But here we find these men who were just lovers of David a second ago now talking about stoning him. They should have been mad at the Amalekites, not David. One of my favorite movies is Bad Boys, and I love the line there. We ride together, we die together. But here the men are saying, no, we ain't riding together no more. He's blaming you for this, David when David had nothing to do with it. Purity is important because it helps you focus. It helps you see the whole picture. David should have never been the one that they set their energy toward at all. The next thing I want you to write down is this. Purity helps you from becoming bitter. It keeps you from becoming bitter. That's why we should be pure before the Lord every day, is it keeps us from becoming bitter. One of the things I want us to understand, I really got to take my time on this piece, is this. This is a translated Bible that we're using today. This is the NIV, so we have to be careful. The Bible says that these men were bitter because their wives and their children were taken away, but we have to be careful in the translation. That is not why they were bitter. It was why they were acting the way they were acting in the moment, but it was not because the reason that they were bitter. They were bitter already. Their wives and children being taken away just exposed the fact that they were bitter. So they were walking around in a state of bitterness. You get what I'm saying? So this situation didn't make them bitter. And you know what? The situations that we deal with in life, they don't make us bitter either. You ever hear people say, she's so mean since the divorce. No, she was mean before the divorce. The divorce just brought it out. There's never a situation that makes us bitter. You get what I'm saying? We all walk around with the seed of bitterness, and the situations make that thing come to the surface. So don't ever let nobody tell you, well, I'm this way because of this. No, nah, no, you're not. No, you're not. You always was that thing. All right? You always was. Here's my favorite point. Purity helps you find the silver lining. Write that down. In every situation, there's a silver lining. In every situation. In this situation, the silver lining is this. Look at verse 2. The Bible says when they walked into the camp, the Bible says that there were no dead bodies. That was the silver lining. So the Bible says all this mourning, and it's, the Bible said they mourned until they got weak. That was too much. Can we just say drama? Sometimes we just feel with drama. Situation ain't as bad as you think it is. It's just you just feel with drama. You just like drama. And sometimes it's important that we say to ourselves, man, stop with the drama. Nobody's dead, so why are we mourning like we're losing our minds? Because we like purity. Because here's the thing. Purity gives us hope. Y'all with me? Purity keeps us in a state of hope. So even though we walk into the camp and everything's gone, our family is gone, if we were pure in the moment, something inside of us, by way of the Holy Spirit, that's the something, would have said, hey, calm down. Nobody's dead. So that means our family is someplace. Right? And it would have made them hopeful. would have put them on a different path. Romans 8 and 28 says, all things work together for the good. 
right? All things, bad things and Listen, one of the things I can tell you guys that was a good thing for me in going through the stroke is it brought my wife and I closer together. Man, I have a great appreciation for my wife now. I mean, I, I love her, always appreciate her, but coming through the storm of this and seeing her smiling face and her patientness with me, because I was a handful, y'all. And she was just, she was patient with me every day. She had to walk me up and down the stairs, and she would always just hold me real tight and kiss me and let me know that she's there for me. And, and so now that I'm well, I look at her walk through the house, and I just, it's not the same anymore. You know what I mean? I've been, I've been married a long time. We're celebrating 33 years. So I've been married a long time. So, so the, what, one of the good things, yeah, that's a blessing. So coming through the struggle, it just helped me appreciate her in a different way. You know, it just made me really see her as the beauty that she is. And that's the beauty of going through the stroke. Because everything works together for the good. The good of this story is this. And we got to look at this, guys. Because we can't keep freaking out at the beginning and in the middle of what we go through. We got to wait to the end. Because we don't even know what the end is going to be like. So, so here's why this is important. Because as you do the research, if you keep reading through the passage, what you will find is that the only reason God let their families be taken away is so that it can lead them to the camp of the Amalekites so that when they kill the Amalekites, they can get their stuff back and take the stuff that the Amalekites had too. So God is now going to double their wealth. Hallelujah. Because they were obedient because their families got stolen away. So if the families didn't get stolen away, they wouldn't have doubled their wealth. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes when we're going through things in life, we're freaking out about what we're going through, but you don't know what the end is. So I, one thing I don't understand is in terms of job loss. Most of us hated the job we lost. <laughs> you hated that job. You talked about it every day. I hate this job. Every morning you looked in the mirror, just, every day. But then God says, okay, since you don't have no faith, I'm going to take it from you. To get you moving. I don't want you up before me every day saying, oh, I want to go to work today. I want you to get up with some vitality. I want you to get up and want to go to work. So because we don't have faith, sometimes God has to strip it. And I bet you God is in heaven when we're saying, God, I can't believe you. He's just saying, no, I can't believe you. <laughs> Would you stop crying and just be patient? Man, I got something great for you on the other side of this, man. <laughs> just, just wait. And, and, and I'm old enough now, I turn 51, I'm old enough now to just wait to the end. At the beginning, don't let it just make you crazy. Don't let it make you say the wrong things. Like I said earlier, don't, don't target the wrong people for it. Let's just wait till we get to the end. Wait till we get to the end, because God always has something that's going to be mind-blowing at the end. So keep it together at the beginning, keep it together in the middle. Just get to the end. So here they're, they've doubled their wealth as a result of going back to get their families back. And they got everything and everyone back. So we say hallelujah. I love that. The next thing purity does is it reminds us to pray. Write that down. Purity reminds us to pray. You ever get a phone call so bad, you called your mama, you called your sister, you called your best friend, and then in the midst of calling all these people, you got quiet because you ran out of people to call, and then the Holy Spirit speaks and says, hey, dummy, pray. You ever, you ever had that happen before? As Christians, sometimes when stuff comes on us and it, it, it shocks us, it makes us do all these things but pray. So sometimes in the light of what we're going through or uncertainty, we're, we're giving all of our heart and mind to what we're dealing with, and then that voice speaks and says, hey, you ain't even pray. That's why I said it the way I said it. It reminds us to pray. Because sometimes prayer is the fifth thing we do when it should have been the first. 
shouldn't have called the attorney till you pray. Y'all didn't get that. You should have called Jesus before you called the attorney. Sometimes Jesus can save you some money if you just call him first. Call him first. So purity reminds us to pray. Luke 18 and 1 says, man should always pray and not, we should always pray so that we don't faint. One of the reasons that we faint is because we don't pray. One of the reasons that we don't pray is because we're not pure enough. Y'all with me? We must be pure. Purity gives us an ear to hear. Write that down. Purity gives us an ear to hear. It gives us the ability to hear the Father. Matthews 11 and 15 says, they that have the ears to hear, hear. So what is that scripture saying? That not all of us have the ears. What is the thing that gives us the ears? Purity. Purity gives you the ability to hear. Without purity, he'll be telling you to do something with faith, but because you, you don't, you're not pure, you don't have faith. So we'll doubt everything he's telling us to do next. Y'all with me? So in times of uncertainty, it's important that we're pure before God so it doesn't make us doubt what we hear. That is so important. Because we're saying, speak to me, God. And he's like, but you got to believe me when I tell you. <laughs> you got to believe me when I tell you, though, because sometimes I'm going to tell you to do some things that's big, that's outside of your scope, but I need you to just walk with me. And sometimes we're like, God, cut the light on. He's like, no, I'm, I, you just need to walk in the dark. Just know I'm in the darkness with you. Nope, I'm not cutting the light on. I'm not, because if I cut the light on and let you see how scary it is, you're going to lose your mind. So just hold my hand and just keep your feet moving and shut your mouth. Right? We've all been that way in life, man. We've been in that place where, you know what, God's like, no, I'm going to keep it dark because that's going to keep you close to me. Because if I showed you everything, you start running off on your own. Or they go to the door and you take off toward the door. Right? So God says, no, I like it nice and dark sometimes. Man, I'm preaching in this church. Sometimes God says, no, I'm going to keep it nice and dark. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. So sometimes he keeps it dark so that he keeps us close. Y'all with me? So sometimes we like cut the light on. He's like, no, 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 no. No, because you'll lose your mind. You'll start thinking on your own. I need it nice and dark. nice and dark. So he gives us the ability to hear. Matthew uh, 11 and 15, I hope you wrote that down because that's important. The Bible says they who have an ear to hear, they hear. Purity causes us to have the ears to hear. This is a good point right here. Purity gives you the ability to do what you hear. The Bible said the man who hears is not blessed. It's the man who hears and does. You're right. So hearing is just the first start. It's just the beginning of the thing. It's just, it's just the beginning of the change that we're looking for in our lives. So sometimes God will speak to us, but then on the other side of speaking to us, if we don't have the faith and the confidence to walk out on it, it's because we lack purity. Y'all with me? I got to tell y'all a story that is a good hood tale. Y'all going to like this. Good hood tale for y'all. So, so I was a little boy, ties right back to this passage. I was a little boy, uh, my mom brought me one Christmas, this, this beautiful chopper bike. It was like a, one of those long neck chopper bikes with the high handlebars, and I had the sissy seat. Y'all remember the sissy, sissy bar on the back? It, it had fire on the side. It was metallic purple. This thing was beautiful, right? And I loved that bike with everything, right? 
So one day my mom had me ride my bike actually over Calvin's house, who lived like a mile and a half up the street for, from us at the time to meet my Aunt Lonnie to take us to go back to school shopping. So my mom had to work, so she gave me a little wad of money. I could never forget it. And she said, put this in your pocket. So I put it in my pocket, and I was probably about 12 years old. She said, ride your bike straight down Pembroke. Don't you go over your friend's house. Don't you go to the store. Take your butt straight to your Uncle Calvin's house, okay? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, no. Ride, ride at a nice pace, because our neighborhood, we were in the hood, as my brother said. We grew up in a tough neighborhood. So she's like, take your butt straight over your uncle's. I said, yes, ma'am. So I get on my bike, and I'm riding my bike down the street. I love this bike with everything, man, I'm rolling down the street. This big dude came out the corner on a rusty bike. He was riding on, I call him Debo from Friday. He, 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 he was coming across the street, and I said, oh, man, I hope this guy ain't about to try to steal my bike. So I'm riding, I slowed the pace down a little bit. <laughs> And I'm watching this guy. He looked at me, and I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. Then all of a sudden, he turns his bike and starts heading my way. And I heard the music from Jaws. Dun, 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 dun. And I said, oh, Tim, he's coming to get my bike. This is it, Tim. This is it. So I'm riding. I'm just like, he's about to come steal my bike. I can't believe it. So when you're in the hood, you got to keep your face tough, even though you're scared. you got to be like, I ain't worried about you. you know? So I'm riding my bike like I don't even see him, right? He rides right up in front of me and says, little man, little man, stop this bike, stop this bike. So I put on brakes, and I was like, oh, man. He said, get off the bike. I sat on the bike, and I had to think about it, because I love my bike. Right? So I'm sitting on the bike. I just said, no. He looked at me. He said, <laughs> he leaned in my face. He said, little man, if you don't get off this bike, I'm going to bust your head wide open. So I got off the bike. So, because my bike was a chopper, it's hard to guide a chopper. For any of you guys who ever rode a chopper. So he turns his bike around, and he's attempting to ride his bike while guiding my bike. So the bike is just, the chopper is just doing this. It's just like this. So he's riding his bike, and he's Mark, he's roughing down the street. So I'm on the corner, I'm 12, I'm like, you know, my everything is being taken away from me, right? So I'm sitting on the curb, so, and so I'm sitting on the curb, and as he's roughing it down the street, he looks back every now and then, and he's riding down the street, guiding my bike. And I just start crying. I said, man, I can't believe this. Crying, I'm having fits. I'm like, my mama going to kill me, right? So I'm looking down the street at this bike just being taken away from me, and I was just giving up, man. I was just like, man, I can't believe this guy stole my bike. True story. While I was standing there, just like David, the Lord spoke to me and said, your bike's not gone. Your bike is right there. Just like the Matrix. <laughs> this ideal came in my brain. If you run full speed, just take off with everything, run up to him, jump in the air, hit his arm with all your might, <clears throat> knock his arm down, jump on your bike, and ride like the wind. You can get your bike back. Now, in my mind, this is a big dude. This is risky. Just like David, going to fight to get your family back is risky. So I'm sitting there, and it's like, like, like I had this push in my back, like, do it. And I was just like, man, this, if this fails, this big dude going to beat the stuffing out of me. So I, for a minute, it took me a second, and I just kept feeling this push in my back, like, do it. 
what's the movie where the guy said, you can do it. Y'all know that movie? You get the water boy, you can do it. So I stood there, I remember, I just said, before I know it, I was running. So the guy's still roughing my bike. And so I'm running, as I'm getting closer, my heart is beating so heavy in my chest, it feels like it's about to come out. So I get close to him, he sees me, he turns around, but it was too late. I was already in the air like this. I came down as hard as I could. I hit his arm. Boom. His bike twisted up on him, knocked him down. I jumped on my bike. Tim, I rode like the wind. I was going down. I'm riding down the street. I'm riding down the street. I'm riding so fast. I'm riding. The guy got up, pulled his bike up, and I'll never forget it. He just put his hands on his. He's like, I don't. He had watched me ride away. And I can see it in his face. He's like, little man got heart. I'm going to let him go. Little man got heart. Little man got heart. That day was one of the most important days of my life. Because at a young age, it taught me that God sometimes will have you doing things that seem risky. But it's just to build your faith in him. You know what I mean? And here's the crazy thing about that moment as an adult. Sometimes when I get stuck in life, I think about that. It's like, remember how scared you was? You had every reason to be that guy. He was three times your size. You was just 12, but you did it, and you made it through, right? The same God that took care of you at 12 will take care of you at 40, take care of you at 30, right? He'll take care of you at 50, that same God. So sometimes when you're hearing things that's a little risky, you're just like, man, leave my job and start a business right after COVID? How can I build a business during COVID? You do it by faith. Purity, everybody. Everybody who has questions with no answers, purity is going to get you there. Just right where you are, just purify yourself. Just stand before God and just say, Lord, forgive me of my sins, God. Help me take away this confusion, God, that's going to, I want your will for my life, God. And God will illuminate your world, man, and help you know what to do. He'll help you know when to do it. You got to believe that. You got to trust and believe that. I, I tell the story about going through physical therapy. They would grade you one to five. And for the first three weeks, I kept getting ones and twos, ones and twos, and ones and twos. And so every time I went, I would hear a voice just real calm in my spirit saying, Tyron, that's just right now. That's just for right now. Rome wasn't built in a day. You can't go from a one to a five in a matter of weeks, Tyron. This is going to be a long journey. But every time I would hear that boy say that, and he would always say at the end, and know this, I am with you, even though you're getting ones. I'm with you, even though you get ones. So I would go in, try my best, and still would fall. Still couldn't get, the, still couldn't balance. And then they'll say, Mr. Merrill, unfortunately, we'll give you a one. And, and just hearing that would, would just try to sour my spirit. But what it would do for me is I would go home and I would practice at home. I'm like, I ain't getting no more ones. I'll be walking through the house and just working. It's like, man, I'm going to build muscle. I got to get up and pray in the morning and say, brain, you got to focus, man. We got to get straight. We got to line up, bro. We got living to do. We got stuff to do. Come on, man. Come on. And going through the storm of the stroke, man, and rebuilding my life, again, it, it, so much good has come out of that. I have a greater appreciation for life. You know, I, I mean, dude, the thing I couldn't wait to get back to Judah to see was my babies. 
my kids. I love the little little kids at the church. My mom and Keenan would tell you, the little kids at our church adore me, right? And, and I, I look forward to seeing their little faces. And they couldn't come see me because, of course, I was in recovery. Uh, but I couldn't wait to get back to see them little jokers. And walking through the church and seeing my kids and being able to walk straight and to be able to talk straight without splattering on everybody, you know, is just such a blessing, man. And so it's just all these things that I got to be honest and say I took for granted. Because I'm a healthy man, as you can see, I work out, I don't eat bad, so I've always been a healthy guy. But, you know, having a stroke ain't, sometimes don't have nothing to do with your eating or anything. You know, it's just the thing that happens. Matter of fact, when I went to the specialist, the specialist said, we can't even tell you why you had the stroke. Your blood pressure is perfect, your cholesterol is good, we don't, need, we don't even understand it. And I said, well, here's the thing, I got God for the things I don't understand. Y'all with me? I got God for the things I don't understand. You don't understand it, I don't understand it either, but let's just get on with life and let's not be timid about living life. Let's get up and just go and be free, man. You know, because sometimes I'm weak in the body and the, the enemy will speak and say, man, you know what, you're going to pass out. You're about to pass out. And I always say back to him, no, 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 you're not about to put the spirit of fear on me. I've come too far by grace, leaning on the Lord. I ain't going back. We're only going forward in Jesus' name. We're not going back, and I'm not going to let you try to speak me back into a place of fear. Well, I don't live my life. You know, some of the things that people back home were trying to get me to stop traveling so much. As soon as I got out of the hospital, I was back on planes traveling again. I'm like, I would not be robbed of the thing that God has blessed me with. And the thing he's blessed me with is life. And I'm not going to be robbed of that at all. And he, you know, he's always talking, though. He's always trying to say, Tyron, you better slow down. Tyron, you better this. Tyron, you better. I say, no, 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 no. I'm not. Look, God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's giving us a strong, sound mind, right? What the scripture says that can fight through those difficult moments. So let me run through the recap real quick. So purity helps you see the whole picture. That's important so that we don't overly focus on one element of it. Purity keeps you from becoming bitter. That's super important. Purity helps you find the silver lining. There's always a silver lining in what we go through. Purity reminds us to pray when we forget. Uh, five is purity gives us an ear to hear. Purity gives us the ability to do. And my last one is purity will bring about success. Write that down. Purity will bring about success. Uh, John 14 and 27 is my favorite passage of scripture. Let not your heart be troubled. For whatever you're going through today, that's the thing I want to leave with you. Let not your heart be troubled. If you listen to that scripture and break it down, what it is saying to us is that if we're troubled, you've allowed it. Let not means that we control it. Y'all really got to hear me on this. If God says let not, then that means you control that. He doesn't. You control it. So you have to control it. So when things are seeming to go crazy, you got to say, uh-uh, let not your heart be troubled. Tell yourself that, man. Let not your, when you're going through the eye of the storm, man, for some of you who've probably been recovering through things like me, I want to act like I'm the only one in the room recover from something. Many of us have probably had things over the last few years, you know, in surgeries and things that we had. Man, you got to say to yourself, let not your heart be troubled. The enemy is always trying to just leave us with just trouble. He's always trying to, that's why the Bible says we walk through the valleys of the shadows of death. It ain't death, it's just the shadows of it. The appearance of the end or, or hopelessness, but what, we, what gets us through every time is talking. You got to speak, man. You got to speak to those uncertainties. You got to speak. No, I'm not letting my heart be troubled by these things. No, 
no, no, no, I'm not doing it, not doing it. I was just at a wedding in Malibu, and it was burning up in Malibu, as you can imagine. And so for a moment, you know, they kept making sure because everyone there knew that I was uh, still in recovery. So everyone kept making sure I was good, asked me, do I need more shade and things. And I said, yeah, I need a little more shade. So they were taking good care of me. At points of the wedding, I had to go up the hilltop and get in my car and cut the air on it to cool my body back down, right? But I had to be there because this young man is super important to me. And so I just did it with, with, with grace, and I did it with a smile because I didn't want to bring everybody down. Purity helped me do that. You know what I mean? Because one of the things we can't ever be is like the scripture said, don't become pitiful. Because here's the thing that pity does. It brings the people who love you around you down too. Sometimes we think we're the only ones going through. Your family going through it too. It's important that you keep a stiff upper lip and that you keep some joy and some peace coming out of your mouth so it gives everybody hope, including you. And so I'm in and out of the car getting through the wedding, and I didn't want to disturb the wedding itself. But this one point of the wedding where I just felt like this thing, this, this, like this little tremor, just like go through the back of my, my, my neck. And I just said, you know what, enemy, I'm going to tell you something. This beautiful setting on this cliff, I'm going to tell you right now, you won't have me. I already have somebody that I belong to. I, I have somebody I belong to. You don't, you don't own me. And you don't scare me. I said, I'm going to get through this wedge. It's going to give me a good dinner. And I'm going to get my butt back on that plane. And I'm going to go back to the people that love me. And that's the way it's going to be. That's the way it's going to be. I don't, I don't know why I just feel that on me so tough today. I don't like talking like this in front of my mom. Because my mama, you know, she's my mama. I don't know, Tyra, you get some water. Drink your water, Tyra. Right? So I'm putting myself in a very dangerous thing right now. I'm talk, trying to help y'all, but I'm going to mess my thing up, right? Because I always... My mom asked, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good, mama. I'm good, mama. I'm good. Watch this, mama. You know, because <laughs> I don't want her to worry about me. But, you know, I'm still in the battle, you know, just to come fully out of it. I'm doing well. Doctor says I'm well. I'm not on any medication, hallelujah. So I thank God for those things. But my point of this is that I'm still in the fight, though. And that's, that's what it's all about. It's a fight. And you know, it ain't a fight for my health. It's a fight for my peace. You think the devil wants your body? He don't want your body. He wants your peace. He wants our peace. The one thing, we, we got to surrender. He can't take it from us. We, we, we surrender that to him when he comes for us. I'm like, man, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my days. I don't know how many years. I, and I ain't worried about that. But I'm going to enjoy the day. He give me tomorrow. I'm Enjoy the mom. I got a beautiful, sexy wife at home that love me, man. I ain't, I ain't trying to go nowhere. I'm in good hands, man. And so keep praying for me as I'm always praying for you. And again, thank you guys, not just for your time this morning, but for all the prayers. Thank you for all the cards. I, I read all of them, and, and all of them warm my heart. I love you guys so much. God bless you.